From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 4th of November 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about Olaf Scholz's visit to China. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing the decision by the Bank of England to raise interest rates. But first, Olaf Scholz. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has become the first Western leader in over three years to visit China. Scholz met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping on Friday to discuss mutual trade, the war in Ukraine and tensions with Taiwan. This was the 23rd visit to China by a German Chancellor in 50 years and suggests that Scholz is continuing with Merkel's China policy, which essentially involved maintaining close trade links despite geopolitical tensions. Understandably, this visit has come under much criticism from the German public and media. Just in recent weeks, Xi consolidated his power and extended his presidency to an unprecedented third term. This, along with Chinese efforts to subjugate Taiwan and increasing hostility towards the West on the international stage, is among the many reasons that makes the visit all the more controversial. Despite all of this, China still remains a vital trade partner for Germany. For example, the country's largest car producer, Volkswagen, makes 40% of its sales in China, whilst German chemical giant BASF is building a new factory in China. On top of that, a couple of weeks ago, Scholz pushed through the partial sale of one of the four terminals in Hamburg port to Chinese shipping giant Costco, despite opposition from other ministers in his cabinet. This runs contrary to the trend with other Western nations that are reducing their economic reliance on China and other geostrategic rivals, and has gone down especially badly in France, where Macron has been arguing for European strategic autonomy. Nonetheless, German leadership apparently considers a good relationship with China to be vital. Scholz has argued that a good relationship with China will give him an opportunity to pressure the Chinese leadership over human rights abuses against the Uyghur population in the Xinjiang province. Although Scholz made the best efforts to present this visit as a start of a new China policy that will produce a pragmatic partnership without becoming too dependent, the German public are sceptical. Recent polling suggests that 66% of Germans think Germany should reduce its economic reliance on China, even if that incurs an economic cost, and 69% say that Scholz's decision to sell Hamburg to Costco was a mistake. Scholz's China visit will most probably hurt his poll ratings, which are already pretty miserable. In polls conducted by Morning Consult, Schultz's approval ratings have been slipping since April and have recently hit new lows with net negative 42. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. For the 30th consecutive time since 1992, the United Nations General Assembly has voted overwhelmingly in favour of a non-binding resolution calling for an end to the US-imposed economic embargo on Cuba. 185 countries approved the resolution. Just two countries, the United States and Israel, voted against, whilst Brazil and Ukraine abstained. The US said it stood with the Cuban people and called for the release of political prisoners and the protection of freedoms. 
Cuba said if the US really cared about the Cuban people's welfare, human rights and self-determination, then it would lift the blockade. The resolution is non-binding, but it does reflect global opinion and allows Cuba to highlight America's isolation on the issue, as the US and Israel are the only two countries to consistently vote against it. The US imposed an embargo on Cuba in 1960, after Fidel Castro came to power in the Cuban Revolution and began nationalising US-held assets. Barack Obama oversaw the Cuban Thaw, which involved diplomatic normalisation and the lifting of some restrictions on travel and remittances which were reversed by Donald Trump, and then largely reinstated by Joe Biden. Through all of this, the embargo has remained in place, as only the US Congress can lift it. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Brazil's outgoing president, Bolsonaro, has urged his die-hard supporters to end the roadblocks set up in protest against his loss to Lula da Silva, his left-wing rival. Hardcore supporters of the conservative president set up hundreds of blockades on highways in Brazil, refusing to accept the result of last week's election. In a short video posted online, Bolsonaro said, I know you're upset. Me too. But we have to keep our heads straight. He said directly, clear the roads, protest another way, in other places. That is very welcome. It's part of our democracy. Even before Bolsonaro's speech, federal road police said the blockades had been starting to come down. Bolsonaro has avoided publicly admitting his defeat, but he has privately acknowledged that it's over and that his team are going along with the transition process. However, it's been reported that he is considering leaving the country to avoid passing the presidential sash to Lula at his inauguration on January the 1st, and will send his deputy to carry out the ceremony instead. Earlier in the year, in May, Northern Ireland held legislative elections in which Sinn Féin became the largest party and the Democratic Unionist Party became the second largest party. The legislature sat for the first time on May the 13th, but was swiftly undermined when the DUP refused to assent to the election of a speaker. They did this in protest of the Northern Ireland Protocol that was agreed between the UK and the EU, which the DUP view as creating a de facto border in the Irish Sea between Great Britain and Northern Ireland. This is because Northern Ireland has been aligned with the Republic of Ireland in order to prevent a border in Ireland. Nonetheless, the DUP are far from happy about this and have prevented a functioning government in Northern Ireland since May. As a result, the deadline to form a governing executive passed and the UK government assumed a legal responsibility to call a new election, which now looks likely for January. The Northern Ireland Secretary had planned for a Christmas election, but has now delayed plans after he met with Northern Irish Party leaders who do not want a new election. It's believed that the UK Foreign, Commonwealth and Development Office pushed for the delay to give the Northern Ireland Protocol a chance. Whether the Northern Ireland Assembly is able to form a government without the need for another election is yet to be seen. And finally today, a positive news story. While the common cold is an annoying thing to catch, its damage is usually limited. The respiratory sensational virus, or RSV, while similar, can be far more damaging and can cause lung inflammation or infection in both very young and very old people. Many people die of RSV each year. Fortunately, this year may be the last year in which it causes huge numbers of deaths, 
Because after decades of research, an RSV vaccine finally looks like a real possibility. Pfizer announced that in its tests, its new vaccine prevented 69% of severe RSV cases in infants aged six months and younger. Let's hope that this continues to be proved to be effective. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the Bank of England's decision to increase interest rates, then watch the extended and free edition of the Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.